Hello, hello. Welcome back to It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast. This podcast is a place where we normalize and share all things taboo, such as talking about mental health, struggles with anxiety and depression, going through divorce, experiencing grief, navigating adulthood, navigating addiction, getting into AA, and a little bit of everything in between. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast. On today's episode of Mental Health Monday, we are talking about choosing your thoughts and emotions. And do you want to know why we're talking about this today? Because it's something that I personally have to work on and struggle with every single day. But it's also something that I did not even know about or understand the concept of. So I'm super excited for this episode because learning how to choose my thoughts and emotions is something that has helped me just tremendously in the ability to navigate mental health and the ability to kind of be able to self-regulate whenever I'm in triggering situations. So as somebody who's always struggled with anxiety, I personally had no idea I could choose or reject thoughts or emotions. I never knew how to identify or thought or identify or stop negative thought spirals. And if you guys aren't familiar with negative thought spirals, that is really just the time where you are like, oh my gosh, today I am going to be late to this meeting. And because I'm going to be late to this meeting, then this other bad thing's going to happen. And because of that, then this other bad thing's going to happen. And then the next thing you know, your anxiety thought spiral has ended up with you jobless and homeless on the side of the road in some crazy delusional spiral of events that are never going to happen based on some small triggering event that just kind of sent you down a rabbit hole. And if you can't relate to that, you probably don't have anxiety, (laughs) but if you can, you can probably somewhat relate. And so I never really understood the concept of negative thought spirals, being able to identify them. I didn't understand any of that until I got into therapy. And since I've been doing CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, I've really learned about how to most importantly identify the negative thought spirals so you can stop them. So this looks like for me, whenever I'm in an anxious thought spiral and I'm like, my brain's coming up with worst case scenarios of things that are for sure never going to happen. I will literally just like take a moment and be like, okay, it's happening again. That's okay. Let's take a moment. What's real. Are any of these things actually happening? No. Are any, are all these things that are things that are made of my mind? Yes. Are any of these things real problems right now? No. Okay. And that kind of like brings me back to reality. But the problem that I personally have is being able to like identify them early on to stop them early on. Because obviously the sooner you can identify like, Ooh, it's happening again. The sooner you can like identify it and kind of put in the work to stop that. So that's a little bit about just kind of what that looks like for me and really identifying and accepting these thought spirals were the first step for me. And then once you realize and do this, then you can, you know, realize when it's happening and you can redirect that energy. So another thing when it comes to choosing your thoughts is in AA, we call it the first thought. And so this is basically the saying of you're not responsible for your first thought, but you are responsible for the second, third, and fourth thought. So this means in AA, for example, 
one day I'm having a stressful day and I have the thought, mm, you know, it'd be good tonight, a glass of wine. And then my second thought is, Madison, we don't drink anymore. And then my third thought is, but we could. And then my fourth thought is, but what if we did? And then my fifth thought is, we'll probably go on a two-year bender and then be blackout for the next several years. And that's not a good idea. So we're not going to do it. And all of those things just like go off in my mind in like a 10 second span. So basically the first thought of that was, uh, it would be good to have a glass of wine. And so as somebody who struggled with drinking for, you know, a decade and then has now only not been drinking for a year, obviously those thoughts are going to happen. I can't control that first thought. However, I can choose to say that, yes, I know those are thoughts I might still have, but I have to choose to not act on those thoughts. And this can really be applied to any scenario, but I've personally really learned this in AA. And so I wanted to share you with you guys just kind of that AA example of how it works and really just sometimes how quickly those different thoughts come into mind, especially for me. Sometimes I have one small thought and next thing I know it's been 15 thoughts and it's only been 10 seconds. And I'm like, how did we all get here? Like we should not have all joined the party. It's not a good time. And so this podcast is really just me sharing real things that happen. And so that's one of them. So always remember, you're not responsible for the first thought, but you are responsible for the second, third, and fourth thoughts. And you're also responsible for whether or not you act on that first thought. And this takes a lot of time and practice, but you can really rely on the Bible as truth when your thoughts are running rampant. So sometimes... I will have negative thought spirals of like negative self-talk. So I'll mess something up and I'll be like, oh my gosh, Madison, you always mess things up. Why do you suck so much at everything? Why are you always doing something wrong? And in reality, I made one small mistake that probably doesn't really impact many things. And then that starts this negative spiral of negative self-talk. And so in those times, I can kind of like look to the Bible and kind of know that like, hey, God like none of those things are things that are said about people in the Bible. God's not writing in there. You are a failure. You're not good enough. Like none of those sorts of things. None of those things are truths about yourself. Those are just negative thoughts and negative self-talk and negative thought spirals that creep into your mind. So once you're able to choose your thoughts and understand them, then you can use that to be aware of and be able to control your emotions. So now we're going to switch from choosing your thoughts to choosing your emotions. But I really think you have to understand the first concept of being able to choose your thoughts before you can choose your emotions. Because if you can't even control your mind, you certainly can't control your outward um, behaviors, if you will. Okay, so... Reasons why we want to learn to control our emotions or to control the way we respond to things. Because if you're able to stop from acting out or you're able to stop taking things out on people, it will really allow for peace. And I really think a lot of this can be achieved through prayer and meditation. And I really think that choosing your thoughts equals choosing your emotions, which equals a happy life. So this next little chunk, I'm sure you're like at this point, like, yeah, okay, I get it. But how do I even do this? Where do I start? What the heck? So let's get into it. I titled this little part, Eight Ways to Get Out of a Funk, because a lot of times if you're struggling with choosing your emotions, choosing how you respond to things, a lot of times it's because you don't have peace or you're wrestling with something and you're in a tough stage, you're going through turmoil, everything's on fire in your life, something like that. And so you end up in you know, a funk can be so many different things, but you end up in this negative uh, 
you know, thought spirals that turn into these negative emotions, these negative ways you respond to people or respond to different events or different situations in your life. And you're like, man, normally I wouldn't have, you know, said or done that to that person. That wasn't like me. So I personally have been there a million times. So here are some different ways that I personally have learned like, oop, if that's happening to me again, here's some things I can do to get grounded and to get out of that. So first one, meditation, or if you guys are not into meditation, try a sound bath. And if you are listening to this and you're like, I don't know what meditation or a sound bath is. Okay. Just trust me for 10 minutes, hop onto YouTube, type in guided meditation, type in sound bath. You can find 10 minute ones and it's basically just soothing sounds, soothing tones, soothing voices that allow you to relax, connect with your highest self, your higher power, and really to achieve that mindfulness that all of us are looking for. Another way to get out of a funk is prayer walk. So walking around your neighborhood, talking to God out loud in your head, whatever you're feeling, or really any sort of prayer. You don't have to get out. I just personally think it's great to get out in nature, get some sunlight, get some exercise while you're talking to God, but you can absolutely do it anywhere. But I really think if you're in a funk, spending time in prayer, and this might mean that you have to pray 55 times to get through that day, and that's totally fine. But I think spending time in prayer is a huge, huge way to get out of a funk. I also think regular exercise is a great way to get out of a funk. So for me, this looks like I know that exercise helps my anxiety. I know that if I'm regularly going to the gym four or five times a week, I have significantly less anxiety than if I go maybe twice a week. And that's something that I've just learned about myself. And of course, we all know that endorphins make you happy and you get endorphins from exercise. So that's something just scientifically, medically proven to just really be a mood booster. And so I really think it's important to find exercise that works for you. So I've done everything from being like, I'm going to run three miles a day to going to Orange Theory high intensity interval workouts to now I do Pure Bar, which is low impact movements, body weight movements. And personally, I love it. It's instructor-led classes. It's fun. It's upbeat. You work out in cute socks. Like I just love it. So find the exercise that works for you. It doesn't have to be what everybody else is doing. It doesn't have to be what your sister's doing, what your neighbor's doing. Just find a way to move your body that works for you. Okay. Fourth way to get out of a funk, call a friend, make plans. Uh, doesn't have to be both, but like maybe call a friend, catch up, maybe text a friend, make plans for later in the week. Like do some sort of human social connection with somebody that you enjoy spending time with. And I truly think we were made to have relationships with people, to spend time with people. We weren't made to be alone all the time. And so I think sometimes if you're in a funk, have you been withdrawing from people? Have you been not texting your friends back? Have you been canceling plans? Because if so, do the opposite. And I bet you'll feel a little bit better. Okay. Fifth way to get out of a funk. So for me, go to AA. So normally I try to go to AA at least once a week, most of the time, more than once a week between just in-person and virtual meetings. But if I have just a shit day at work and I am not going to the gym that night, I'll literally be like, okay, I'm going to a meeting tonight. I'm getting to AA because I know, I don't know what it is about going to an AA meeting, but literally you go, you're surrounded by just people who understand what you're going through, people who are also trying to just heal and do better and be on a better path. And just going to those meetings, there's something about them. Whenever you leave, you're just like, bam, out of that funk for a bit. So 
if none of these things have applied to you guys, have you given therapy a try? And so you guys know I'm always going to talk about how much I love therapy. I always think it's so important to talk to somebody who understands how thoughts in your mind and all those things work that you can kind of brain dump on and then have them to unpack, to give feedback, to give insight, to give knowledge. I just cannot rave enough about how much I think everybody should do therapy and how much I truly, truly think that it helps just with mindset, with mindfulness, all of those things. All right, seventh way you could get out of a funk, self-care or me time. So this could look like you deciding, hey, I'm going to go get a mani-pedi with my mom this afternoon. That's literally what I'm doing because guess what? I've had kind of a funky week. And so I was like, ooh, let's go get a little mani-pedi, catch up with mom. It'll be a great evening. So that is something that I'll do is just like, you know, a little self-care And then I also think kind of way number eight to get out of a a funk, have a mental health day, like have a day where you just spend the day doing whatever it is that you want to do. Maybe it's you eat your favorite food. Maybe it's you go to your favorite store. Maybe it's you get your favorite smoothie. Maybe you were planning on spending the entire Saturday cleaning the house, but maybe your body's freaking exhausted and you just need to rest. And if so, listen to just what works for your body and take that mental health day if you need it, even if you don't have PTO and that mental health day can't be until a Saturday, just really commit that you have to have that time with yourself each and every week in order to truly be successful and happy and all of the things. So I also want to drop a little note. If you guys are struggling with suicide, the suicide hotline is actually 988 And that is just an easy way to get up with them. If you're listening to Mental Health Monday and you're really struggling with depression, suicidal thoughts, anything like that, 988 is going to be a great resource. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Mental Health Monday. My My name is Madison and I will see you on Wednesday for the next episode. Happy healing, babes. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please click the follow button to get alerts for new episodes and please leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps with the show. And of course, if you listen to this and you were like, you know who needs to hear this? My best girly pop, my mom, my sister, whoever please share with a friend. And as always, happy healing, babes.